Good morning and welcome to Rich Thoughts for Breakfast. I'm Harold Herring and that's my fine wife, Bev, on this sensational Sunday. Yes. Hallelujah. Yes, yes, yes. We're going to talk today about done in heaven and on earth. Amen. One of the most remarkable women of faith, honey, that we've ever met, frequently says done and done. Yes, when referring does. to the promises of God being manifest in her life. Over the past few years, this incredibly anointed businesswoman has been attacked by the hordes of hell. She's not flinched in her faith or wavered in her belief. She prays for breakthroughs, for answers, for financial deliverance, for the blessing flow. She will simply text us, done and done. This phrase stirs an image of steadfast faith in the midst of seemingly, seemingly impossible circumstances. We were so stirred that we felt led to write about done and done. Done and done. It is done and done. We decided to find the origin of the phrase. Even though my friend uses the phrase with such a confident authority. And the ownership could be hers. However, I googled the phrase, this is what we learned. Done and done is an expression that finds its origin in the 14th century in Hebrew writing and later in Macbeth, the play by William Shakespeare. In other historical references, done and done is found as agreement between gentlemen, whether on a business transaction or a bet. It is known and still is a binding agreement has been mutually accepted. And the crater by James Fenimore Cooper in 1848, we read, Done and done between gentlemen is enough, sir. There is a higher bond between an agreement between gentlemen. It's the bond between us and our loving Heavenly Father. Yes, the promises of God are done and done. God is not a man that he should lie. Numbers 23, 19. Good news translation. God is not like people who lie. He is not a human who changes his mind. Whatever he promises, he does. He speaks and it's done. Here's where we were meditating on this, praying over these scriptures, which confirmed the done and done confession. I was led to look and the Lord's Prayer, found in Matthew 6, 9 through 13. Mm. This in the classic Amplified Bible says, Pray therefore like this. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed, keep holy, be or be his name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven left and remitted and let go of the debts and have given up resentment against our debtors and lead or bring us not into temptation but deliver us from the evil one for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever amen amen it says our father who is in heaven we're acknowledging our great god jehovah as our heavenly father after all, we have been made in his image, and we look after his likeness. Any success we achieve 
is because of who our Heavenly Father is and how much He loves us. The joy is that we are able to, we were able to be made in His image and after His likeness and recognize it. Genesis 1.26 says, And God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness. The New Living Translation has got a great twist to it. It says, Then God said, Let us make human beings in our image to be like us. Next, hallowed or holy be your name. His name is the name above all other names in heaven and on earth. There is no one greater. We have access to God's presence because of the blood of Jesus Christ alone. And it's through Jesus' righteousness, obviously not our own, but the fact that he paid the price for us. The Greek word for hallowed is H37, H37 in Strong's Concordance, and it means to separate from profane things, to dedicate to God, purify, sanctify. The word appears in the Greek concordance of the King James Bible 29 times in 26 verses. And interestingly enough, only 26 of those times is it uh, translated as sanctify. So we begin the Lord's Prayer by honoring God's name with the words of our lips. Then it says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's something we should be praying every day, calling God's will right down here to planet earth where it's needed so badly. God sent his son, Jesus, to save and seek and save us that are were lost. And since that was his mission, it should also be our mission. Yes. You know, it's, wow, wow, wow. It's, you know, given what the traditional interpretation of this verse, you know, well, we'll come back to that in a later teaching, perhaps, because it's got a lot of meat. Next, give us this day our daily bread. You know, the Lord supplies our needs according to his riches and glory. And this is spelled out in Philippians 4.19. And it clearly says Jesus is the one bringing the daily bread. There's actually a lot of ways you can interpret this, but make no mistake about it. A lot of people followed Jesus back in his day for the physical uh, bread, the loaves, and not the love. But in Psalm 37, 25, 37, 25, it says, I have been young and now I'm old, yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. So it can be a material supply. But it also means all the supply. Philippians 4.19, as we just mentioned, Philippians 4.19 says, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. This, this verse is so rich in so many ways because it's not just bread alone, but it's everything that we need. He knows what we need for life and godliness, as it says in, over in Peter. And God will supply these goods out of his riches and will supply them in accordance to what he has in glory. Hallelujah and thank you, Jesus. That means God plans to supply you according to the good things he enjoys. And forgive us our sins as we also have been forgiven or left, remitted, and let go of the debts and have been given up resentment against others, our debtors. 
three words, forgive and forget. The Living Bible Translation of Matthew 6.12, 6.12 says this, and forgive us our sins just as we have forgiven those who have sinned against us. The next part of that uh, particular passage begins in the lead, bring us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. See, God always provides a means of escape, and he endured every temptation that ever came to man, and not only did he endure it, he overcame it, and so can we. 1 Corinthians 10.13, 10.13, New King James Version. No temptation has overtaken you, such as common to man, but God, I love that, but God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able but will with the temptation also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear. Next, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. We serve a great God who can meet and surpass all our needs. So let's look at Matthew 6.10, 6.10, God's Word Translation, which says, Let your kingdom come, let your will be done on earth, as it is done in heaven. In Strong's Concordance, the Greek word for kingdom is G932, G932. And it means royal power, kinship, dominion, rule, not to be confused with an actual kingdom, but rather the right and authority to rule over the kingdom of royal power and dignify conferred on Christians in the Messiah's kingdom. In this passage of Scripture, we're talking about much more than the kingdom of heaven. We're talking about now. In fact, kingdom, again, G932, comes from a root word, G935, which means leader of the people, prince, commander, lord of the land, king. Simply said, the kingdom of God it's wherever God is in control. And on earth, this can be through each of us. The kingdom of God is not a place, but a relationship. God's will is for his word to be obeyed, for his promises to be fulfilled, for us to rule and reign. 1 Kings 8.56 1 Kings 8.56 The Living Bible Blessed be the Lord, who has fulfilled his promise and given rest to his people, Israel. Not one word has failed of all the wonderful promises proclaimed by his servant Moses. Personalize the last part of that verse. Hallelujah. Not one word of all the wonderful promises the Lord has given Jonathan has failed. Not one word is all the wonderful promises the Lord has given Malk has failed. One more. Not one word of all the wonderful promises the Lord has given to Bruce has failed. Psalm 50, verses 14 and 15. 14 and 15, Living Bible. What I want from you is your true things. I want your promises fulfilled. I want you to trust me in times of trouble so I can rescue you and you can give me glory. Hmm. Hallelujah. 
Psalm 34, 9. 43, 34, 9. I love this too. Go, baby. No, well, it says, Psalm 34, 9 says, For there is no want to those who truly revere and worship him with godly fear. You know, according to Strong's Concordance, honey, the Hebrew word for want is in that scripture is H4270. H4270, and it means need, poverty, thing needed. No need, no poverty, no thing needed. Woo! Hallelujah! That's a great time to say hallelujah. Well, we read that next verse, Psalm 3410, classic Amplified Bible. We started shouting again. Amen. The verse says, But they who seek, inquire of, and require the Lord by right of their need and on the authority of his word, none of them shall lack any beneficial thing. Mm. You have the confidence, the knowledge, and the scriptural assurance that none of them shall lack any beneficial thing. That means done and done. Done and done. Hallelujah. And that's why we pray for you. Yes, tonight. 6 p.m. Eastern. That's right. Hallelujah. Rich Thoughts TV. TV. You can watch us by going to uh, YouTube, Rich Thoughts TV online. Find it there. You can go to uh, SaviorConnect.com. You can watch it there. You can go to Facebook.com. And watch it where it says, watch Harold and Bell. And you can just also watch it and, uh, at, uh, in Facebook at Brother Harold. Any of those four places, you can watch it. And you'll be blessed with that teaching. So until tomorrow morning at 8.30 Eastern, well, tonight at 6 p.m. Eastern, and every morning at 8.30 Eastern, God bless you. Happy trails. And keep thinking rich thoughts from the Word of God. Amen. Hallelujah. We love you. We praise the Lord for you. And have a great day. Amen.